So this morning, I want to share with you and carry on talking about finding our rest in Jesus and finding our security, significance, and self-worth in him. Um, so as we grow more and more in these things, we become more at peace internally, a peace that allows us to sleep in the storm. Last week, I loved watching from home that all the kids in the boat and Jesus was sleeping in a storm. But there is such a great expression of actually this is what God and Jesus want for you to sleep through the storm a peace that does not strive for the external um, but allows you to sleep to be a peace a peace is the same peace that is given by Jesus the same Jesus that slept through the storm while his disciples feared and trembled the same peace that he had then he wants to give you today but more often than not what I have found and I hope it's not just me but we strive to change and to fix the external things in order to receive internal peace, which seems a little bit upside down. We try to solve the external in order to receive internal peace, which, so I wanna talk about this, just one thing. We often think and want Jesus to do and to solve just this one thing, or take away this one thing, or solve this one thing, and I don't know about you, but I've had about a million just one thing. And each time they get sorted, it wasn't enough. It wasn't the end. It wasn't the answer. I still found something more than I wanted. Something, I still want more things. I still want more things in order to have it all and be the end or finally be happy when this one thing happens. But this one thing I've had... So many one things, and each time they weren't just the one thing, and they weren't the last one. Um, because when this one thing happens, I will be okay. But life isn't like the end credits of a movie. When this one thing happens, it just fades nicely to dark, and the writing says they lived happily ever after. Because if the movie carried on, you know, I'm sure there will be more things to, one more thing to be solved. Um, and actually, more often than not, that one thing leads to more problems and more one things because life carries on and we realize that this one thing didn't satisfy us didn't give us the ultimate feeling we were waiting for and it actually now raises more problems than before because the answer to a problem sometimes causes more problems right and what do i mean let's let's take me for example because what better person to talk about than me <laughs> in terms of what I've learned and how far I've come. So if I think back to maybe when I was 18, I was about to get ready for my exams. And I remember these exams, they absolutely terrified me. They took all my sleep. I was anxious. I was, I mean, I was studying and I was getting ready for them. But also I was like, God, if you could take away, I mean, if you can't put, pour all the knowledge into my brain, maybe you could do something that the exams don't happen. I remember having these thoughts of anxiety of like, maybe, oh, maybe, maybe Jesus will come and I'll never have to do these exams. Or maybe there will be a big, I mean, let's not go back to, you know, kids wishing that they didn't go to school because then that happened and they want to go back to school. But I was, I just wondered, I was like, God, if, the, if you can saw this one thing for me, then you'll be fine. I'll be fine after that, because of course we'll be fine after that, because, you know, I'll be free from school. Oh, little did we know that that was alive. And then that was done, and it was great, and I got great grades, and it felt so small, and I was like, why did I worry? 
And I, I feel like actually now, God, now that I'm in the big real world and I have to make some decisions, can you help me with this one thing? Because this is the one thing I'm actually really, really worried about. And this is the one thing. I know I said the exams was the one thing, but now actually this one thing is where I'm really struggling. And then I made a decision about that in my life and I moved to England and I met my then boyfriend, which is my, my now husband, and I wanted to get married. And I thought, no, this is the one thing that I want. I think, you know, once we, these problems that we have, oh, can we see each other, can we not see each other, travel to see each other, it would be so nice to be in the same house, wouldn't it? If we get married, all the other things surely need to get sorted. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Literally, I know. But I remember thinking, God, I know I said about all those other things, and I know you were in it, and I know you helped me, and look how far we have come. But also, let's look at this one thing right now, and this one thing right now is just where I want. And yes, we got married, and it was amazing. It is amazing, and it's hard, also hard. And then I want to be a mom. Oh, no, 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 God, actually, forget what I said earlier. Remember how amazing I am with kids and have always been amazing with this is what I want to be a mom. So can we make this happen? Can we make this one thing happen? And surely when this one thing happens, because it's actually what I really want to do, surely this will be okay and then everything else in my life will be okay, right? And then I became a mom to two beautiful boys through adoption and I was very happy. And then surely after that I, was, I received the word where God told me, you will be a mom again through natural way and I was like and but that took a while um and I remember thinking and poor Adam will remind remember the times so I was like but when but surely when just this one thing will happen because come on it happened this way and now I want it this way and God told me it was going to happen this way, so therefore, when is it going to happen this way? And surely just when this one thing happened. And yes, it happened. I haven't just eaten lots of pudding. <laughs> and now I'm pregnant, and it is amazing. And yes, it was a wait. And yes, it's a miracle. A lot of the doctors will tell you this is a miracle. And it's a blessing. And it's what I've asked for. Just one thing. But it isn't the solution to all my problems. And neither of all the things. And I know there will be probably people be waiting for this exact exciting moment or for other one things. But they are not the solution to your problems. They will not solve anything. Actually, the moment we found out I'm pregnant, it raised a million questions. You should have seen me and Matthew blankly staring at each other. <laughs> realizing more and more what this means and then they will be quiet and then Matthew goes we need a bigger car <laughs> and then they will be quiet <laughs> we need more money <laughs> and then they was quiet again we're gonna have three under four <laughs> and all those problems that up until yesterday when I wasn't pregnant I wanted just this one thing and and then it happens. And yes, it's miraculous. I'm not taken away from the miracle of it. And we have given glory. And I will carry on giving glory to God for the miracles that have happened in my life and people around me. But it did not solve those problems. It did not deal with any of my insecurities. 
It did not deal with any of my childhood drama. It did not deal with the issues that are inside of me, that I'm facing internally right now. It hasn't changed me and built me internally. It's amazing. And I wish God would say, you know what, now everything is sorted. I am, I am so secure. I am so, I feel I have significant, actually, as a mom, you, you've questioned those things, but that's another, another thing. But it didn't solve any of it. It's not the answer. It wasn't the answer to my insecurity. It hasn't dealt with any of the things. So this ideal that we create in our mind of the just one thing, when it actually happens, when we are in the reality of it, these other questions and these other problems that need solving, the yesterday that didn't need solving. Six months ago, I didn't need to think, do I need a three, seven car seater? And I didn't need to solve that problem. But now that I've received my one thing, now I have to solve that problem amongst other problems. That when, oh, and I remember, yeah. So actually, this one thing, it's not going to be the answer to your things. I know we've heard it many times, money doesn't buy happiness, but no matter what, how much you get, no matter what you get, no matter receiving all those things that you pray and hope and really strive for, they will not be enough. And I want to say that it is enough. Oh, I was the happiest ever when I found out about this and about that. And when God put it all in place, yes, it was the most exciting thing, but he raised these other questions. Of course, it would have been amazing to be healed by Jesus at the gate and to now have working amazing legs. But now you have to go to get a job because you can't beg anymore unless you pretend your legs are not working, which is not right. So there's a lot of other problems now that you didn't have yesterday. Yesterday you begged and someone gave you some food or some water. Now you have to go get your own. It's, and this wasn't a miraculous thing. And it doesn't solve everything internally. Chasing and striving for the things externally will not deal with what we actually long for. So let's read this word in Matthew 7. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built this house on the rock. And the rain fell and floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had been found on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and he fell. Jesus does not promise to take your hardship away. But he does tell us that he will be with us in the hardship, through the hardship. He will never leave or abandon you. He is like the rock that you build your house on. Because the reality is that the world is faulty. You just have to open the news for three seconds, which I don't, to see that the world is not great at times. The world is not always good. The pe- people's choices hurt us and people around us. But Jesus is constant. Jesus is good. He is with you and wants you to be okay through those hard things, you know, just to remove them. Through the rain and through the storm, because he wants you to grow. He wants, you to, he wants to be with you in it. He wants you to become more and more like him in order to experience life to the fullest. 
by being changed internally and not removing the external hardship. I mean, yes, of course, Jesus is bothered about your, what's going on externally for you. Of course, he loves you, you're his child. But his primary goal for you is to see you transformed internally. To see you and me being healed from internal hardship. And that is what gives you the fullness of life that Jesus talks about. Am I bothered if my child has a lot of cute clothes? Of course I am. I want my Instagram game to be strong. But I am more bothered. <laughs> but I am more bothered that he deals with hard things as he grows up. And Jesus is the same with us. Yes, he is bothered about all the external. He, he sees your desires. He sees that you want that beautiful house. He sees that you want that beautiful whatever your just one thing might be. But his primary goal is not that. His primary goal is for you to be transformed internally and be healed internally. To receive this life that we talk about, that we read in John 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Not just life, but have it to the full. And that doesn't happen when everything external clicks into place. As much as it would be great if it did. But it's not. So, building on the rock, it's hard. It's really hard work, isn't it? It takes time. Oli has one of these books that basically is this story and uh, it shows how the guy that builds on the rock he has to like grab all the bricks and carry them up to the rock and he's doing all this hard work and then when he shows the pictures of the guy that builds on sign he's like whistling and singing as he does it because building something that is worth staying up in the storm it takes hard work if my foundation is not in him if my rest doesn't come from him if my significant security and self-worth don't come from him then when the storms come i will wobble and i'm gonna fall and i've been there and i don't like it and i'm choosing not to because i've been in the times when i've got what i wanted and then it wasn't really everything and all these things were not found in jesus and then the one little storm straight down because even when the one thing gets sorted it will not be enough it will not feel satisfactory for long term it will actually create more questions and more requests because that one thing isn't the thing they were actually looking for externally it might be but internally it isn't our greatest problem is our ability to rest in him and allow his peace to flood your soul. Our greatest problem is searching for security, significance, and self-worth in all the wrong places, and then blame Jesus when I feel insecure, or asking him to solve just one more thing. The baby likes this part. I am not saying I, I'm 100% in all these three things. But my aim and my time and my energy and my resources go into solving this what problem. This should be our number one problem that we are working on and we are focusing on. Because this is the only problem that you can solve without creating more problems. This is the only one 
the one solved doesn't create any further problems to be solved because you actually are just going deeper and deeper. And actually, I don't think in our life here on earth, we will fully be secure, feel significant and have self-worth, but it's something that we go deeper and deeper all the time. But it's the one thing that doesn't create more problems and more questions. So how do we do that? Because that sounds great, right? I did say it's hard work. But my answer, and I know everyone in this house, will answer be discipleship. In true relationship of discipleship with people that lead us to Jesus. So if I go back the last 10, 12 years of my life, this is what I've tried to do in discipleship. Because the answer to each of those problems I described earlier was not the answer I thought or in the way that I wanted. And if I didn't work through discipleship and I didn't have this relationship, each of those times it would have knocked me over. And it has knocked me over many a times. And sometimes, let's not go ahead. The answer was for me to work on me internally. Allowing Jesus to shine light in every corner of my life. In a place with people that love me and love the Father and are further along than me. Those are keys. I, it's not by myself, even though I could do it by myself because the Holy Spirit is inside of me. But I need people. But not just any people. People that love me and love Jesus. People that love the Father. And people that are a bit further on than me because that helps, doesn't it? If we're both in the same situation, we might both just end up crying on each other's shoulders. But if someone's a further along than me, that, yes. And then it's not just about letting the light shine, but looking at those things, the painful things, the hurtful things. It's looking at them. There is this one beautiful corner in my house that when the light shines, it's gorgeous. I could see there for hours. If I close my eyes, I could even pretend I'm abroad. But the same light that shines in this corner it's the same light that also shines through the kitchen window and to all my counters mm. and it's when it's cloudy i'm like my kitchen is so clean but when the light shines i'm like oh look at all the watermarks and all the dust and all the extra cleaning i could do but the same light is in this beautiful corner and i, I could choose to which corner do i let it shine on and sometimes i do i go and close the curtains in the kitchen um because I'm pregnant and I don't want to clean. But, and, but we do that internally sometimes. Okay, God, Jesus, this light, we say we love the light. We say we want to be in the light. And it's great. The light is great. We, nobody wants darkness. Sometimes we do. Because when the light shines, it shines in this beautiful place. It shines on my sofa and it comes straight on my skin and makes me glow. But it also shines in the other corners that I don't like. And we do that internally. Okay, Jesus, you can look at this one because this part I can like. But the other one, I'm going to close the door because if light shines there, it's too painful. It's too hurtful. It's too hard. I don't want to. But in true discipleship, you look at those things. You face them with Jesus and with people that love you, but face them. And then you receive healing. Healing that is so beautiful and so amazing that the external problems can't even reach. And yes, like we said, we, we had those questions of what about this and what about this? But those questions didn't keep me up all night. They didn't give me the anxiety they would have given me a few years ago. They didn't crush me to the point of what am I going to do? 
And not because the baby solved the problems, but because Jesus was the foundation. And yes, we are practical and we talk about it, but it, they didn't just become crushing. Because when healing, the, the healing that I received and I keep receiving, I, God is doing amazing things, then it just kind of outshines everything. Discipleship is not having a chat about life and what is going on and looking for solution to the external storms. It's not sharing about finance or relationship or jobs or children. That's not discipleship because they are all external problems. They are all external expressions of what is going on on the inside. Expressions of undealt insecurity and trauma and all the other things that we have. When you talk about how much the person at work annoys you, it's not really about that. And you're receiving some great advice about how to deal with that person by whatever. That's a short-term solution. There is something else within me, within you, that needs to be dealt with. So the person doesn't annoy you every single day. So you love them like Jesus loves them. But it's not going to be found by just talking about each and every one of those things externally. Because that person annoying you or that person irritating you is just um, a sign of something bigger and deeper. And that's where you go into discipleship, way deeper. Past the what happened on Friday morning at coffee table at work. Past all those things. Okay, let's go deeper because it's not about that, is it? It's not about that one co-worker. It's not about that one person that cut you in front on the drive or whatever. Discipleship is about our internal storms, our fears, our anxieties, our insecurities, our worries, our doubts, our pride, our ego, our arrogance. Those are things that are internal and they get expressed in different ways in, in different people because we're all unique and we're all amazing and we're all different so when you talk about your external problems these are kind of the things that are actually deep underneath and these are the things that jesus wants to heal jesus wants to get to these things because when you've dealt with that things come and they just ricochet if we're simply sharing about all the external storms we are no different than any other self-help group chatting about life and offering our advice and experience which is great for a while and it's helpful but it's not discipleship and it's not the full uh, image of the kingdom it's just a pale imitation of what is available in jesus and the kingdom of god because what sets the kingdom apart what makes it unique is that we can find our significance security and self-worth in him so that no matter what external problems suddenly appear we no longer need to be terrified we can no longer need to wobble in the rain and wind because our foundation is strong in him. I want to reach a place where my security, significance, and self-worth are so found in him that nothing affects me externally. This is where I want to be. But a life built on the rock, a life built like that, takes hard work. It takes time. And at times, it might not look very pretty. If you think of anything in your life that, has, that is 
long-lasting. There has been long-lasting. It didn't just happen, did it? It took hard work. I mean, think about a baby to start with. It takes nine months in the mother's womb. And then it takes a very painful experience on the mother's side for this beautiful thing that everyone thinks is the most beautiful, miraculous thing to happen. It's not easy. It's not quick. It's not, you don't deliver it on Amazon Prime. I've looked. They said no. <laughs> but everything that is great and amazing, and it's the best things are the hardest things. Right? So sometimes we believe that we can pray and it will happen. And God can do amazing things when we pray. God can do amazing things through somebody's word. But on the other side, it also takes hard work on each of our sides to do all those things, to do the work of discipleship. The best thing I can think of my life in building is my life. The best thing that I can think of is building my life on Jesus. But it is hard. Now, I'm not saying... It is hard a million times to pull you off, but also because it takes a lot on my side. Jesus has done all. He's available all the time for me. It takes time and it takes vulnerability on my part. He's there. He's vulnerable. He's open. He's ready. It's not on, he doesn't have to do anything else. Because in discipleship, we find fact. which is my last. um, Faithfulness, accountability, commitment, and trust. These are the things and these are the foundations of our church and from where everything flows out. And that's why you can't do it on your own. Jesus was not and is not ever alone. He's in Trinity. He's always in communication with the Father. These are not things that are built when just having a nice coffee and chat. These things are built consciously through hard work and vulnerability. Through allowing Jesus to speak to you through people in a way that isn't always easy to hear. And following through with instructions. Now I'm not talking about legalistic book of instructions, but I'm talking about being obedient to what Jesus might say to us and through people. And sometimes that thing that Jesus is telling you, might not be through whoever you wanted. Might not be how you wanted to be. Might not be at the right time. Might, not, might hit a very hard place in us that hurts. But this is what it takes. Discipleship is what Jesus came to show us. He had these people around him that followed him. that were with him all the time. Jesus lived out of discipleship. He was with them, walking and speaking life into them at all times. Even when they were just having a nice Fishing chips by the seaside. It wasn't just that. And they weren't just talking about the weather and how nice the, the boat was on the sea. But Jesus was like, no, I want to feed you more than fish. I want to give you more. If you talk to anybody in this place that is in true discipleship, they will tell you that it has not been easy. There's not been a walk in the park. It hasn't always looked pretty. But the life that I have seen in my life and those around me, the life that has flown out of this true discipleship relationship is amazing and indescribable at times. And I'm so excited to see what God is going to carry on doing. It's amazing to experience that healing that only comes through that hard work. Because this life is available for each of our, all of us at all times. It's not limited to some people. It's not limited to a certain time. 
Sunday morning. He has come to give it out freely to each of us all the time. So reach out and grab it. And if I can leave you with a thought of encouragement would be to look at the relationships in your lives. Which are those of true discipleship? I love, I have, I love friends. I love meeting up with people. I love, I have a lot of people around me. As a mom, you end up with every, every mother you end up, yeah, it's great. But the, the true ones that I value and cherish and I invest and are my priority are my discipleship relationships. Because out of those, actually all my other relationships thrive. So I would really encourage you to look at those people that you see, okay, it's great to go out for movies, it's great to see this, it's great to do that. But Jesus wants more for you. And it's great when we receive it. So that's a thought I can leave you with.